understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast, and today is so special. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, guys. It's Christmas Eve. I hope while you're listening to this, you're with the exact group of people that you want to be with, that you're somewhere loving some people and they're somewhere loving you. Maybe you're doing some last minute Christmas shopping. Maybe you're cooking dinner right now, riding in the car, whatever it is. I'm so glad to to really get to share and have a really unique conversation with you. These upcoming days, this whole phase, this Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's, like we've talked a lot on the Stranded Phase podcast about ending this decade and going into 2020. But we got to get real about where we're at right now, which is Christmas. Like, where are we at right now? And I'm bringing a very vulnerable conversation to you and the perfect person to have the conversation with around this because can I just be honest with you guys about something? (laughs) I have felt extremely empty lately. Like a hole in my soul is what it feels like for probably the last week and a half. It's caused me to be very quiet, very numb, and just very unsure. Within a couple of days, I can usually pinpoint where the holes are. Maybe it's some fear and doubt in my business. You know, maybe it's something someone said to me. I'm allowing a relationship to have a stronghold on me. Just insecurities. There's so many things. And this time around, I could not pinpoint it. I just kept telling my closest friends that I felt really, really empty. And I felt like I needed someone to fill my cup. I felt like I couldn't pull from anywhere else. And it just so happens that last week I had a friend from Atlanta that I haven't seen in years reach out to me and said, I'm going to be in town for one day. And she said, I feel like I need to, we need to do dinner. And when I met with her, you guys, it was the most God intervention, divine moment ever because we sit down and she tells me that that Sunday, that past Sunday, she was in church and God told her to, she needed to meet with me, that I needed her. And she said, so we had a a two hour conversation and she tells me during that conversation that I don't know why I feel this way, but God is telling me right now that you have capped out on your own strength. He's telling me to tell Jessica that you have capped out on your own strength, that the control freak, the Enneagram three in you can't go anymore that you have to come back to me, rebuild your relationship with me, and you have to rely on my strength because I'm here. You can no longer operate in your strength. You have to operate in my strength. And it felt so real because immediately I was like, that's exactly it. I have lost control. And so I couldn't think of a better person to come and have this conversation with because once you're told that, it's profound, right? You're like, wow. And then the real Jessica said, How does that happen? (laughs) What does that look like? I know how to pray. You know, I know how to read. I know how to go back to the word. But I was like, how do I get back to this place of relying on God's strength? And so y'all know where I'm at. You know who I came to. (laughs) I came straight to Hillary Bolt, just my spiritual guide and just the person that's really helped me connect with God over and over again because y'all, I'm never consistent. So (laughs) we're right here bringing this episode to you on Christmas Eve and... 
I just want to welcome my very, very good friend, Hillary Bolt. Thanks for having me back. I remember when you texted me and said, hey, no, you called me like three times. I did, and, and it I was, was like, like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Are you okay? What's going on? And you were like, it's all good. I just got to tell you about your friend, God. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you about your boy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. And you called me and told me about what she had said to you. And I was like, girl, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> Sometimes we gotta hear it from took different somebody people. else. <laughs> Most of us won't really leave relationships until somebody else tells us. But you know, you get it. <laughs> yeah. And then about three days later, you called me again and said, "Hey, you know, I'm in this phase. I want you to come on. Let's talk about Christmas." Because we had like gotten together and talked about Christmas. And well, for the longest, I thought the emptiness was coming from. For a while, I literally just thought you feel guilty about celebrating Christmas this year, and why is that? Because you've had a, an abundant year, a blessed year, just overwhelming opportunity this year and I was going into Christmas feeling like shit like I was like I don't want to go buy all these gifts and spend all this money and I feel like I need to go be blessing other people maybe that's where the hole is but when I heard that that's why we did a Bible study we talked about the Christmas story which was eye-opening for me and I want to get into that because I did not know the truth around the Christmas story I remember like two years ago I think I told you for the first time like the whole story and you were like what (laughs) it's taken like four different stories it's fine Every year we give a little bit more. (laughs) But, and I thought that was the whole. And then when I met with this woman and she said, God's telling me to tell you to stop relying on your own strength, but to rely on mine. I was like, that is it. The gift giving is, while it's important, it's uh, such a surface level concept. Because if I was truly relying on God's strength, I would know exactly what to do in this season. And so I'm sitting here with Hillary and I just, I know she knows a way we can really just break this down and talk this out. But for somebody feeling empty in this season right now, feeling called to do more, but feeling like they have nothing to give. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone like me? Because this is really, this is just me telling y'all my shit. (laughs) What would you say to someone that is just like, how do I let go of my control and lean on God's strength? Well, I just think that like this whole Christmas season, it's not just a story. It's not just this event that happened 2000 years ago. This event changed the course of history and now is personal to you and me. It allows us to have a relationship with God, to pray at the dinner table with our Mm -hmm. friends and family, to enter into the most important relationship you could ever end into with a relationship with Jesus. And that happened, you know, 2000 years ago when he was born in a little stable in Bethlehem. But I think this season, to me, it's all about not what people can give you or what you can give people, but if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, explore that, Mm. figure out that, like what that hole that's missing in your life, that emptiness, it's a place that only God can fill. And it's him yearning for an intimate moment with you and a relationship with you. So let's dive deep because you know me, I know there's people listening to this because if I was listening to this, I'd be like, okay, but how? So I get in the car and I pray to God because I still do that. That's my place. Like that is my place of peace. I'm in the car, like Jesus, lay it down. Let's talk. But Outside of that, because I had this conversation with someone the other day, I know right now, like I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is like, girl, I'm not going to give you anything else until you get closer to me. I'm okay with that. But there's this part of me that I'm like, how do I serve you? How do I make you happy? Well, stop right there. Most people don't have that mindset because a mass of people go to church on Christmas and Easter. They celebrate (laughs) Jesus being born and then when he died. Right. But And they know the stories. They could probably tell you more about the story than I could. Right. But... If you don't understand what that story means to your life personally, you're missing the whole point. Mm. If you go and you say, 
great. Jesus was born. Oh, praise him. Like, this is the first year I was so interested in this story. Because you have a personal relationship with God. Mm. It means more to you. You care about how your Lord and Savior was born and how he came to this earth because you talk to him and you know him. But think about all the people that go to church every Christmas Eve and hear this story. And baby Jesus to them is just this like cool guy that was born 2000 years ago. (laughs) You know, it doesn't mean anything to them personal because they don't talk to him. They don't know him. They're not hearing from him and wanting to serve him. You have made that shift and you have that relationship with God. God has spoken to you. You've heard from him. You all interact and dialogue and talk to one another. So, yeah, you're interested in how he was born. That makes so much sense because it was like the hole in my soul literally felt like, like I've never in a season felt more called to like the, the hole that I'm feeling, which just, it's just like a sad, it's like almost an emptiness. It's a sadness. It's not depression. It's not anxiety. It's just this like common lay of sadness. But when I'm praying and having conversations, like I leave with energy. Like that's the only energy I'm getting. But that's God's gift to you. That's God's gift to the world. (laughs) Like, that is why Jesus was born. So we didn't have to live in emptiness and loneliness and depression and sin. He said, I'm going to send my son Jesus to die for your sins once and for all. So you don't have to live with all of that. You get to live in freedom and joy and abundance because Jesus took that all for you. I love that you said, can we just real quick, just real quick, highlight that Jesus wants us to live in abundance. Oh, yeah. Because I think there's so many people that are Christian or are close to God and they feel like in order for me to love him the way I'm supposed to, I don't need all the things. And when I say abundance, it doesn't necessarily mean a ton of materialistic things. But people also think if they receive something, they're supposed to give it away or they're not allowed to live in abundance because you become greedy and you lose your humility and all of these things. And it's like, no, God in the Bible, it says God has come to give you life and life abundantly. Mm. John 10, 10 to quote it. <laughs> You can, it's one, of my, it's one you, of my favorite verses. You're getting better with age. <laughs> you know. But that's what he's called us to. He's called us to an abundant life. He, Jesus came to earth and was born a virgin, all of that, so that we could live differently. Mm-hmm. That's how much he loved us, that he sent us. So we don't have to live according to these insane laws. He took it and said, love other people and love me live abundantly can I, oh i just i heard this the other day and i wanted to call you about it I, you were at work um <laughs> it, somebody, you know that job thing gets in the way i know i'm sorry <laughs> i forget people have jobs and stuff now. literally <laughs> i call people and i'm like oh my bad <laughs> so i heard someone say this they said he repeated it out loud so i don't know if it was said correctly but he there was a pastor and he said there's jesus said there's only two rules you love me the way you would love yourself Mm -hmm. and you love others the way you would love yourself. And in that instance, I literally thought, well, there's a lot of people that don't love themselves. So that sounds like a task. Like God say, or Jesus is saying, love me and your neighbor the way you love yourself. I'm thinking, you know how many people on this earth struggle with loving themselves? Oh yeah. That's why they can't love other people. But you got to love God first. And when you love God first and you accept the way that God views you and that you read the words that God says about you, that you're blameless, you're holy, like you're all of these things, you're perfect in his eyes, then you get to love yourself that way. When the God of the universe views you as blameless, flawless, perfect, you start to then take on that persona. When you truly believe that that's how God views you, then you exude those things to other people. Like, who am I to be like, God, you you got it wrong. I ain't all those things you said about me. Right. 
but we are like we are called to do those things and he calls us perfect and blameless in his sight like that because of jesus sacrifice we are all of those things like he doesn't we are washed white as snow like he doesn't see any of that sin all he sees us is perfect okay so that makes me want to go right back to what we said so this i'm just talking to you about my condemned my feeling your little situation my little situation i'm in so i'm i'm thinking to self okay all right so i'm praying every day i'm talking to god myself says that's not enough there's all these people out here serving Jesus in ways that I'll never do. They go to church. They tithe. They well, stop they, right there. They no, grow. No, 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 no. Don't put yourself on the bench like you're never gonna. <laughs> that you're never gonna do it. First off, the fact that you even feel that and are questioning that you should do more is more than a lot of people will ever do. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to serve God that look different. Like right. be, I guess that's what it is. I'm being like, a what mother is my to a survey? child is often service to God. Like they're don't think people are called to big and great things, but don't discount the thing that you're called to in your life and your season right now. Mm. I mean, for a season, I might be called to love one person and that's what God's calling me to right now. It's not thousands of people, but for another season, it might be thousands of people. I think the more that you're in relationship with God and you listen to his voice and his calling and his prompting, he will guide you to what you're supposed to do to love and serve him. Mm. And ultimately, in every decision if you're making, if the things that you're doing are aligning with what his word says and his promises say, then I think you're good. Like, don't don't stack yourself up to the preacher that's preaching to millions of people. Right. Like, that might not be the call on your life. That's definitely the three in me. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it out. So before I want to highlight something that was really unique that really stumbled me and made me realize we need to have this conversation publicly, but I'll probably phone a friend. Rachel's over here sitting on the sidelines. So <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> I, <laughs> I need the biblical expert to come to the, to come to the bench. <laughs> a lot of pressure. We're going to welcome Rachel and I've had Rachel on the podcast before. Rachel Martin, who's a good friend of Hillary's also leads our Bible study and she's just they're like yin and yang to me Hillary dumbs it down in my perspective clear (laughs) enough to see when we're talking about Jesus but Rachel is just knows the Bible through and through and that's what I love because she can bring the actual knowledge not that you can't but she brings she knows so much I know I know I know but you're like Hillary's like here's how it applies to you and Rachel's like like, this did not happen 2,000 years ago like that (laughs) Rachel's like here's the actual facts I'm going to read it right here just so that you have black and white proof that this is what it means. So I want to bring this up to both of you because I was at the dinner table. I was cooking dinner the other night in my house. My stepdaughter is sitting at the table waiting for dinner, watching my son. And she says, Jessica, I I said, yeah. She goes, I was having a conversation with someone at school today. And the girl was talking about how excited she was for Christmas gifts. And I said, hey, you know that Christmas is actually not about gift giving. It's about Jesus. And she said her friend was like, huh? And she was like, yeah, it's about Jesus. And she was like, well, what is it about? And she goes, and I didn't know what to tell her because I don't really know what it's about. And I was like, well, and I started to tell the story and I was like, you don't know the story. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really know. Cause then when I said, it's not his real birthday, it's actually not Jesus's. Cause she goes, isn't it his birthday or something? I said, yeah, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And she's like, oh, so it's his birthday. And then I was like, well, no, it's not his birthday. <laughs> and she's like, huh? And I was like, yeah, I don't know how to tell this to you. <laughs> so for somebody that like myself, who two years ago, wasn't really clear on what Christmas is. And now this year I'm feeling like you should really know what this is about. And I think you told a really very brief version to me the other day. What do people need to know about Christmas and what are we actually 
celebrating? Because I understand that it's not his birthday and the Bible says we don't know when his actual birthday was. So what are we actually celebrating during Christmas? I think we're just celebrating the birth of Jesus. Like the idea that a it savior It still is came. about the birth of yes. Jesus. Correct. Okay. We're celebrating a savior coming to the world through the form of a baby born of a virgin, which is really important because prior to this, you know, there was all these prophecies about a Messiah coming. The king would come, the savior that would come to save us, and the savior would be born of a virgin. So it was really significant that was to be, that Mary, who was a virgin at the time, bore a child through the conception of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I I knew you were coming over, and I was like, let me read up on this so I can, like, be on my P's and Q's. (laughs) So it was really interesting, you know, when you read about this. So Mary had a cousin, Elizabeth, who was, like, real old and barren and couldn't have a baby, and... Gabriel, this angel, came to Elizabeth and was like, you're going to have a kid. And came to her husband, Zachariah, and said... Before Jesus came to Mary. Before God came to Mary. This this was like, you know, right before. And says to the angel, I'm old. What are you talking about? Like, I can't... We can't have a baby. Like, they don't say how old she is, but they're like, she's in her later years, I think. Past childbearing years. And she's barren. Like, they've tried to have... So she's 32. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Why you got to say that? I'm just kidding. So anyway, (laughs) got it. So she's like 78. Got it. Right. So then Elizabeth gets pregnant. And then shortly after that, the same angel comes to Mary and says, and like convinces Mary basically like, you can't have this baby because look what we did with Elizabeth. Like uses Elizabeth as an example. Part approximately. Oh, and so then... So now there's two cousins that are pregnant. How come they never talk the same, about this? They Girl, do. They don't. They do because Mary leaves when she's pregnant to go watch and help Elizabeth during her birth. To John the Baptist, mind yes. you. So to Eliz- John the Baptist. So they do talk about it. It's just not in the... Well, right. So then Elizabeth gives birth, birth to a son. Got it. John, and they say, and the angel said to Elizabeth, like hey, your son John is going to pave the way for the Lord to come. So then, like, right in the Bible, we see, like, it goes from this whole birth story, and then there's John the Baptist baptizing people, like, leading the way for Jesus to come, and then Jesus comes on the scene. So it was, like, really interesting that we have this, like, parallel in their birth stories. Like, here's Elizabeth, gets pregnant miraculously, has John the Baptist, which is why a lot of people thought John the Baptist was Was Jesus. Jesus. Because they have a lot of similarities. I didn't know that. Yeah. So and do they, they ever team up in the later in the Bible? Like, are they, like, do they... John the Baptist and this? Jesus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't John the Baptist baptizes baptized Jesus. Jesus. Oh, do you see the ignorance here? Sorry. And, that, <laughs> and a lot of Jesus' disciples were originally John the Baptist's disciples. So they left John the Baptist and... So there was Jesus. no jealousy or no, anything no. like that. John the Baptist was like, I'm doing this and yeah, here you go. Yeah, he really yes. like felt called to pave the way for Jesus. So exactly what the angel said is exactly what happened. Correct. Correct. Got it. I don't know. Like I was just like reading this and I was like, there's so much detail and like prophecy fulfilled in this that is like so miraculous to me. Yeah. You know, that like on all of these details in this like crazy story like God loved us so much that he like sent John the Baptist and Jesus so that like we could experience him in a way that we never had before. And that like we could know a God and experience him in a way that like our humanness could only understand. Like 
He had to put human skin on in the form of mm-hmm. Jesus and come down and experience life with us so that in our present time today, when we're going through things, Jesus can say, I've been there. I've experienced that. I know what depression feels like. I know what shame feels like. I know what it feels like to be betrayed. I know what it mm-hmm. feels like to be lonely. And we, he did that. He loved us so much to experience those things so that we never had to feel alone or shame in that. Jesus is saying, I'm right there with you. I'm holding your hand. I'm crying with you. I've experienced what you've experienced. It's that relatability that is so beautiful to me. You know, like he was born just the way that we were born. He experienced life on earth the way that we experienced life on earth. And like that God loved us so much that he thought about those details in our life and that you and I would need to know a God that had experienced that. Absolutely. We would need to know a God that could say, I've felt what you felt. Right. I know what it feels like to be betrayed by a friend and your closest friend. Like, wow. It's just really cool. Wow. Do you think, well, this is a whole nother episode, but do you think that every single person, every single disciple in Jesus's life, like I think about Peter and I think about, um, who was the other one? Judas. Judas. And it's like, do you think that God sent all those people to make Jesus feel what we would one day feel? For sure. Yeah. It's all part of the bigger picture. For sure. Like, I think he went through... AKA life still, right now. Yes. Pay attention. Like, I think he went through and felt all the things that we feel so that we could better understand him and know him. And then when Jesus died, he gifted us the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. Do you ever think that, like, maybe he was... This I just randomly thought of this theory. That, like, it was almost like he died to gift us... Well, died and then gifted us the Holy Spirit, and then all these things were happening to him. It's almost like the Holy Spirit was being groomed. Like, like all these things were happening to Jesus. And then it was like, feel all these things because this is what humans will feel. So before you give them the Holy Spirit, they need to, they will, they will have this. The Holy Spirit was in Jesus the whole time. I know. But it was almost like grooming, like feel these feelings. Like that's crazy. Because then that Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus is going to come live inside of you. Exactly. And he's going to, and that Holy Spirit's going to give you the strength. Yep. To do the hard things and to get through that. And when you feel that emptiness, that spirit living in you the holy spirit is the one that's going to give you the strength and the wisdom and the courage and the words and in the satisfaction that you're longing for so i want to get back to the gift giving thing because rachel explained this to me really well a couple oh, yeah. days ago this all rachel but i want to ask oh, you no <laughs> but i want to ask you this is god you just made a really good point is how many people do you think actually like silence the their holy spirit all the time. <laughs> I do. I think that's true because I feel like the Holy Spirit often comes to us like in convictions. Ooh. And so we that's know. That's part of the Holy Spirit people don't be wanting to talk about. Right. So like you have this feeling you shouldn't be doing something, but you're going to do it anyways. I believe that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, stop, stop, stop. Or like you're like, I feel really good about this. Like I feel like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be going and the step I'm supposed to be taking. Yeah. I feel really feel strongly that the Holy Spirit is your, your deepest conscience. Ooh. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's hard to interpret. I mean, the experience is different for everybody. But Yeah. But that how many people do you hear when they're like, I knew before I did that I shouldn't have done it? Yeah, that that oh, is yeah. the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like that when you that's the Holy Spirit's fighting for you. So if you're not listening to his intuitions and things aren't going well, he's fighting for you. He's trying to protect you and love you and support you. Wow. 
Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, side note, like we did a whole series on, on our podcast about the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting just about like the Holy Spirit as a person and the Holy Spirit, like what language does the Holy Spirit speak to us in? And like, it, it was good. So like if anyone's like interested in more about that, we did a real in-depth like look Three at- Three weeks of the Holy Spirit. Who the Holy Spirit is. Through mm-hmm. a Bible study? No, on our, on our podcast. podcast. Oh, tell them, tell them about where to find it. Prayer chair conversations. Mm. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep. I didn't even need to come over here. I probably should have just listened to the episode. Probably. <laughs> Way to be a real friend. I know. <laughs> I use you to the highest extent. We know. <laughs> so, Rachel, I want to go back to this because you explained it to me really well the other day is where the gift giving concept came from. Because mm-hmm. while Christmas has become such a pagan holiday and we overdo everything, yeah, there was a premise around gift giving at some point. Right. And where did it come from? So Jesus is born, he's in the manger, and uh, Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem because there's a census going on, they're doing accounting. So they're there for about a year. So when we, most people know about the wise men, because if you're looking at a nativity scene or Three Kings Day, there's these wise men and they travel from afar and they know that Jesus has been born and they're bringing him gifts. And so the, each wise man brings him three gifts. It talks about frankincense, frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And gold. So three gifts were given to Jesus. And he was a really um, historically about a year old at that point when gifts were given. It wasn't right when he was born when we think it is. And so that was important. It was just the honoring of Jesus mm. and knowing that the star led them there. And it was the prophecies have come alive. Wow. So I've taken that concept personally as a mom. Yes. Okay. Very literally, but just as a premise for us in my personal family, not to go overboard for the holiday season. And so my daughter, who's turning 10 in a couple weeks, gets three gifts every year. And I've been doing that for her since she was born. And I say, listen, Jesus got three gifts like to represent his birth and what he's going to do to the world. And you're also going to get three gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you ask her, she, I'm like, why do you get three gifts? And she's like, because Jesus got three gifts. Like she just knows that. She's proud of it. She yeah. doesn't get upset. Nope. She nope. doesn't go nuts. No. Now, Just don't imagine. Don't be weary. She gets plenty of other gifts from other people. It's in your, it's in your household. <laughs> in my, it's That's all that matters. Fear not. She's not missing out on Christmas. <laughs> it still goes overboard every time with everybody else involved. But right. for me, that is a tradition that I started as a mom. Just saying, we're not going to go overboard. We're going to remember what the true meaning of Christmas is. And we read the story. And she knows the purpose of the number of gifts she receives. That's you so you want to know something else funny? So, you know, people always talk about like it was a silent night. And we always sing silent night at church every Christmas. Which, it wasn't no silent night. No. <laughs> like everybody was there because everybody. of the census. They couldn't even Thousands find a room in a hotel anywhere. So that's why they were in a like stable. You say yeah. hotel like an inn. Yeah. Like, like an inn. a <laughs> yeah, a place to stay. I just imagined like a blinking light home. back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they walked 70 miles. She was pregnant. They walked 70 miles to go back to Bethlehem because that's where And Joseph's... we say we can't work out when we're pregnant. Right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> that's where Joseph's family was from. But you know, like they talk about... Because the government had called for a yep, census. census. Got it. And they talk about like all these shepherds in the field, like there was this great celebration. It wasn't a silent night he was born. Yeah, so this it's was hilarious. not just... It's like chaos. Me. It's like a party in the city. Right. So there was no super, we're, this is just so holy, this holy moment we're praying and yeah. he no, comes she's into she's got the like silent. cow's moon in the corner, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> so that just goes to show how many how many things that have been created that don't necessarily tell the true story about Christmas. Yeah. And, and I would I would challenge anyone that like has not ever I mean, we just did this before. I said, Jessica, I'm gonna read you from the Bible the stories that like you know I'm not crazy when I'm telling you these things. And if you haven't read it from the Bible, go read it. Mm-hmm. And then 
if you have questions when you read it, like find someone that you trust, ask those questions. And my favorite source, (laughs) google.com. Like you got a question, it's on Google. Right. Like, and most of the time you can figure out what, I mean, don't go read Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, if you're like, why did this happen or why did that happen? You know, find someone in your life that can break it down for you and really try to understand what that means for you personally. Because Christmas is just another holiday where you get gifts until you have a personal relationship with God. Then does this holiday mean something? And imagine that could be the best gift you could give yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when you understand that, then that's the gift that you want to give to everyone else. It just takes on a different meaning when you understand that... It's not about you. It's about the savior of the world coming and how you can serve that God and the people around you. Because that's ultimately what Jesus came to do. He came to tell us to love him and to love other people. Wow. And that's what this season is about. It's loving and and praising God for the sacrifice of sending his son through the, the birth of Jesus and loving other people. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't want anyone to feel any shame about, I mean... I had Santa Claus in my house growing up. Like, we do all the things, and that's okay. It's just about the condition of your heart. Because at the end of the day, I know who Jesus is, and I'm in a relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to celebrate that. But Christmas isn't a really big deal to you, to me, if I'm being honest with you, because every day do I celebrate the birth and resurrection and death of Jesus. Mm. It's an everyday celebration for me. It's not one time a year that I think about Jesus being born. That affects me every day. So it's not this big thing it just is Mm -hmm. a part of my everyday life and you know I constantly I mean we talk about all the time like what Jesus's death means and what his birth means and how Mm -hmm. that's important and significant in our life so celebrating at one time of year it's not something special for me I think it's a unique time to tell people that maybe have never heard it before but I don't think there's any shame in Taking part in Santa Claus or leaving cookies for, you know, do all of those things. But at the end of the day, you know, just remember that God loved you so much that he sent his son here on earth to be born to love you, you know, and explore that. Read this story. You know, there's kid versions of it. If you have children, you know, read that story to your, your children and let it come alive to you and really, you know, explore that for the first time and find someone that you feel safe with asking those questions you know that was transformational for you finding someone that you could say this don't make no sense to me right and that has you know find that person in your life that you can ask those questions to because there are people that are waiting and praying for someone to ask them about this so that they can share their faith so don't think that you're ever a burden to someone by asking them hey can you explain this to me that is someone's purpose and calling to be able to do that. So don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't understand this. There's no shame. There's nothing about that. People feel called and want to do that. Be prepared. Someone's going to DM you. <laughs> every Come on every time we do this, they're like, I need a Hillary in my life. <laughs> Come through. Listen, I, I just think that we as a culture have made this this thing, this event that happened 2,000 years ago that doesn't matter today. And it's just this far off thing that we celebrate. But no, it matters. It matters to our everyday life. And that is my challenge to people is figure out why it matters to you now. Mm-hmm. And if it has just been this thing, this box that you've checked and you've gotten dressed up and you've went to church and you sang the Christmas carols, take time and, and read the Bible. Read the story for yourself and and see how that comes alive to you. Wow. Do either of you want to leave everybody with a Christmas Eve prayer? Just a short prayer? Yeah. 
Do you want me to? Yeah. You want to? No, you can. <laughs> Everybody's called to do something. Straight up, no. I haven't finished my coffee yet. Okay. If you're listening to this and it's Christmas Eve and you're going into the holiday with your family and loved ones, again, I mean, I just, my prayer for everyone is that you're somewhere being loved and loving others, really focusing on just the gift that Jesus gave us, which is our only, our only thing is to love people and love him. And so my, my, the challenge for me, let's go with that. The challenge for me in this season is to get closer to him so that I'm not just celebrating him in, you know, in Bible study and on holidays and while I'm in church, but more often so that I can just create a more intimate relationship with him. So I hope that inspires somebody, but I definitely... I hope you're celebrating this holiday season with everybody that you're meant to be with. And I'm going to let Hillary close it in some prayer. All right, here we go. God, we just thank you for this platform that Jessica has built um, and just the men and women that are listening. Um, God, would you just pour out an abundance of blessing on each one of them? Would you bless their families? Would you keep them close? Would you just remind them that on this day when we celebrate the eve of Jesus's birth, God, that you loved them so much that you sent Jesus down to this earth in the form of a baby to just love them and to know them and to save them and to be in relationship with them. So God, we just ask that each one of these listeners just open their heart to the true meaning of what that means and and who you are in their life. And would they just accept you as their Lord and Savior? And God, we just thank you for this season and for Jessica and for her call and just wisdom that she gives to these people every week. God, would you just bless her and keep her near you? And we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Ah, I love you. (laughs) All right, guys, have a great Christmas Eve, great Christmas holiday. Merry Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.